0: Good morning. Good morning. You may be seated. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I hope you all had a lovely and Christmas Day, And here in the church, y'all know that even though Christmas Day was yesterday, it actually starts a season of 12 days called Christmas Tide. So we are allowed to say Merry Christmas for these next 12 days and not be considered weird because for us, it doesn't just stop with one day. We get to share the message and the news of Christmas throughout these 12 days and throughout the year. And that's kind of what this service is about. Some days it can feel redundant. You're ready to put away Christmas. You're ready to be done with it. You had enough yesterday, enough of the family gatherings, enough of the presents, enough of all that stuff, but there's still that message, that meaning of Christmas that will last a long time and can last these 12 days, and that's what we're celebrating here. So it's a little marked turn maybe from what your celebrations looked like yesterday, but today we're going to try to do what we've been doing all Advent, which is refocusing on the light that is Jesus. And the way that we talk about it in church is we're going to tell a story, and that's what we're gonna do here. We're gonna tell the story, not just the Christmas story, but the whole story of how this all started all the way through to the end when Jesus arrives. And we are gonna talk about that and sing about that today. So there's a few notes about how this service is different. One is that we're gonna be standing a lot as you do when you sing. If you need to take a break and sit down, please do. Y'all know we don't care here. Kids, we don't care if you're sitting down and coloring the whole time. It doesn't bother us. So this is about remembering that story and singing that story together more than anything else. The other thing that I wanna note is y'all got a bulletin when you came in. Most of you, if you call this church home, know the drill. We'd love to know who's worshiping with us. So if you wouldn't mind filling out the connect card, we're going to do it a smidge differently today since we don't have our normal service format. We're going to do the offering as y'all leave as well as the connect card. So if you wouldn't mind filling out your name, if if you know we have your information, just your name will do. If you're new here, we'd love to know who's worshiping with us on the day after Christmas. And then last thing I want to tell you about is next Sunday, believe it or not, we are in 2022, uh, which is pretty crazy, but we are in 2022. And that means here we're going to shift our teaching a little bit away from Advent and Christmas into a a spiritual discipline that we get the most questions on, which is prayer. How do you do it? What does it mean? What counts? Um, And we're going to be talking about all those questions in our new sermon series called 31 Days of Prayer. And that starts next week, January 2nd. So um, we hope that y'all will join us for that. Okay, so let's get started with the story itself. We're going to start with some reading. So we'll do a reading and then a song. And I'm going to start at the very, very beginning um, in Genesis. Because our story, this whole story of humanity and how this started and why it matters, all starts in a garden. So let's read together. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, and the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And y'all know the next part of the story is that God gave humanity a rule, a rule to protect them, just like we do as parents sometimes, like don't go on that highest thing, you're gonna fall down, it's not safe for you. And God gave his children a rule, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it won't be good for you. Bad things will happen if you do. But of course, we know the story, his children fell prey to that, like children sometimes do. And they did eat from the fruit of that tree. And when they did, they immediately started hiding. They felt full of shame. And that's where the next part of our story catches up. So then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And the man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. See, normally we tell this story and we end it there and we say, look, everything was broken from that point forward. Humanity could no longer be with God in relationship because of the choices that humanity made. But I think the part that we often forget is that even though this choice was made and humanity and God were separated, and eventually humanity was sent out of the garden. God follows after them. God doesn't stay in the garden, he goes looking for them. And that's the whole story of where it all starts and where it ultimately culminates in Jesus is that it didn't end with Adam and Eve being kicked out of the garden. God loved them so much that he decided to follow after them too. And the story continues with God's people being formed in the image of Adam and Eve and God's people called Israel. And Israel waited for one day that God would be with them forever. That Emmanuel would come and restore this relationship where they could be together in the garden once and for all. Will you stand as we sing, O come, O come,
1: Emmanuel?
2: waiting for Emmanuel, waiting for God to be with us. It's waiting for God to restore the relationship between us and God. And so for thousands of years, the people of Israel were hoping, were waiting for Emmanuel, for God to be with them, just like he was in the garden. And over time, they started to doubt whether or not this would actually happen. They started to wrestle with God, if God would ever show back up and be with them. And so, hear these words from the book of Isaiah. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountains for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In the midst of this waiting, there became a hope, this hope that one day God would return to them in the form of a man who would help them understand what it meant to be with God once again, to show them how to live, to show them how to be in relationship with God. And so they waited for this person to show up as we continue to wait for Jesus.
0: course, an expectation about what this Emmanuel would look like. People assumed that from Isaiah's prophecy that that meant that there would be a warrior king that would come and rescue Israel. I mean, that's how Israel had been rescued times before, is that they had had a great army that had conquered their enemies. And that was the hope that Israel lived for. And the prophet spoke somewhat about this and how Israel could change. Then there was this 400-year period of silence where God didn't speak to his people. There were no prophets. There was no instruction from God. And that's where we meet the next part of the story, in a small town in Nazareth in the backwater of Galilee, literally the last place you would expect a warrior king to come from. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. And when the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father and he will rule over Jacob's house forever and there will be no end to his kingdom then Mary said to the angel how is this possible since I haven't been with a man and the angel said the Holy Spirit will come over you and the power of the most high will overshadow you Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God.
2: The way that people were expecting God to show up was not the way that God showed up so instead of strength and power and might he came in the form of a child the baby fully dependent weak lowly and so it upended and turned upside down all the ways that people understood about what it meant to draw close to God about who was able to draw close to God So hear this story of that day that that baby was born. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax lists. This first enrollment occurred when Quirinius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Will you sing, "Go, Come All you Faithful with me?
0: thing wasn't just how Jesus was born, how the Savior of the world was born, but also how God chose to spread the message of how Jesus was born. And so we find the story immediately after Mary gives birth, Luke tells us of who was chosen to spread the news of Jesus' birth. Nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angels stood before them, the Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you. Wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ, and this is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel, praising God. They sang, glory to God in heaven. And on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. And they went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. And now we'll sing a song that commemorates that event called the First Noel.
2: those who were marriages of society this message shared by shepherds of what had happened in Bethlehem that day was good news of great joy but for others for those in power for those who were wanting to control the world this was not a message that they were open to hearing so hear this reading from the gospel of Matthew after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea During the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from them the time when the star had first appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the child. When you found him, report to me, so that I too may go and honor him. When they heard the king, they went, and looked. The star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with Mary his mother. Falling to their knees, they honored him. They opened their treasure chests and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And because they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. This sight, this event, the significance and meaning behind it all truly was joy and great news for all people. So let us join our voices together and sing joy to the world.
0: great news that started in this tiny town of Nazareth and then moved to Bethlehem and slowly expanded across the world. And hundreds of years later, the Gospel of John starts to record a little bit of the story. But instead of telling it as a narrative, instead of telling it as a story, he starts with a poem. And so for our final reading of this morning, let's listen to the words of Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light what came into being through the word. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood, nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. The word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. See, the story, the story that started thousands of years ago, it wasn't just about the details of being born in Bethlehem and the stars and the shepherds and the wise men. The story lives on in the analogy of light, the idea that there is lightness in all of us, the idea By being God's children. And so, for our final song this morning, we're going to sing one of our favorites, maybe one that sums up everything that we're supposed to do during this Christmas season. So, will you stand for this last song, Go Tell It on the Mm Mountain?
2: leave you with some instructions go and tell it on the mountain whatever place in your life whatever place in your sphere of influence allows you the greatest opportunity to share this message go and proclaim it whether it's at work whether it's in your friend groups in your own home or even to the person you see in the mirror go and tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born we'll end our service today the way that we do each and every week with a reminder that we have been called to go and to tell it that Jesus Christ is born and he lives every day inside and through each one of us so will you share these words together may the peace of Christ go with us wherever he may send us may he guide us through the storm may our lives be used to share the love that Christ has shown us may he gather us together once again into these doors don't forget put your connect cards and the offering baskets on your way out Have a merry, merry Christmas season and a very happy new year, and we'll see you in 22.